Hello, and welcome to this episode of From God to Us, as we continue to journey through the New Testament. In our last two episodes, we looked at the book of Galatians, and today we turn our attention to Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Today we will give you the big picture overview and some of the themes, and then as normal in the next episode we will cover some of the individual verses in the book. So with that in mind, let's begin our overview of the book of Ephesians. Ephesians deals in the big picture with the body of Christ, and we might state the theme like this. Paul wrote to the believers in Ephesus to encourage them to give glory to God for his great salvation in Jesus Christ, to have confidence in God's spiritual blessings in Christ, and to trust in God's spiritual resources in their daily life. So Paul is writing to this church at Ephesus to encourage them in their faith and in their walk in Christ. Paul went to Ephesus on his second missionary journey where he spoke to the Jews in the synagogue. He left Priscilla and Aquila there and left for Caesarea. We can read about this in Acts 18. He returned to Ephesus on his third journey and spent three years there. This is in Acts 19. His last direct contact with the believers from Ephesus came when he called the Ephesian elders to meet him in Miletus while he was on his way to Jerusalem. So Paul spent probably more time here in Ephesus than any of the other churches. Uh, Some places he spent as much as a year, year and a half. Sometimes it was a few months, but he spent three years in Ephesus. And the account in Acts 20 where Paul is talking to the Ephesian elders, it's a very emotional, moving time. They embrace one another. They cry because they won't see each other anymore. And Paul had a lot invested in the people in this church. Paul was later imprisoned uh, after he went to Rome, and he wrote this letter as well as Colossians, Philippians, and Philemon while he was in prison in Rome. We do not know the order in which these four letters were written, but they were all written sometime, best we can understand, between 60 and 62 AD. And when we look at the book of Ephesians, we see that it is very similar in a lot of ways to the book of Colossians, although there are some significant differences. Some people have suggested that the letter of Ephesians was originally intended not just for Ephesus, but was also intended to be a circular letter so that it could apply to any church because there are some texts, Greek text copies that we have found that leaves the word church at Ephesus out and leaves a blank. And so some people think that's the way it was originally written. But while there's little personal content, there's really no good reason to not to believe that Paul originally wrote this letter specifically to the church at Ephesus. But we know that the truth taught in this letter can apply to believers everywhere. So it is applicable to all churches through all times. The letter was written to the Ephesians because they were not experiencing the fullness of blessing that is available through Jesus Christ. Paul wrote to remind the believers that they were complete in Christ and had the spiritual resources to fulfill God's purposes through the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's a very good book. It lays the foundation for us. The book is probably broken down in two major sections. It lays the foundation 
of who we are in Christ, our position in Christ. We find that in the first three chapters. And then the last three chapters deal with the believer's life, the believer's walk with Christ. So there's kind of a doctrinal section, if you, if you will, and then a more practical section of this book. So it could be divided into two major parts, chapters 1 through 3 and chapters 4 through 6. In chapters 1 through 3, these focus on that which the believer already possesses in Jesus Christ. The believer has been given every spiritual blessing needed in life here on earth. God's already given it to us. God has provided it through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. There are no works that can acquire God's salvation or these spiritual resources that he gives us. God has designed the believers to produce good works as a result of salvation by and through the working of the Holy Spirit in their lives. In this section, Paul prays two great prayers for the Ephesian believers. Uh, the first one is in chapter 1, and he prays for their spiritual growth, their understanding and power through Jesus Christ. In chapter 3, he prays, a deep, uh, prays for deep spiritual understanding of the vastness of God's great love. Also, Paul emphasizes that through Jesus Christ, God has torn down the walls of race and ethnicity built by people. He specifically uses the Gentiles and the Jews, but it applies to any race, any ethnicity. Jesus has broken those down. In Christ, there is no place for prejudice or racism. This exists throughout our country, it exists throughout the world, but in Christ, there is no place for that. There is no room for that. And Paul makes that clear. All people, regardless of race, are one in Christ. Though this is a great mystery, Paul says, not revealed in the past to Israel, Paul has now been given the privilege of preaching this message to all people. This is a very significant section of the book. Then we get into the believer's walk, chapters 4 through 6. These chapters deal more with the practical application, although there's some doctrine there too. Uh, believers are called to live in unity and to build up one another so that they can build up the body of Christ. They're called to live in, in light, to cast off the old ways and put on the new life given to them through Christ Jesus. Paul encourages them to live in the power of the Holy Spirit, which will produce praise for God and submission to one another in love. Paul takes the opportunity here to explain the marriage relationship in terms of Christ and his church. And this is often used to help us uh, understand the marriage relationship. I think there's some things that are misunderstood in there, but we'll talk about that when we get there. Believers have a better understanding of their relationship to Christ and married couples gain a better understanding of their relationship to one another. So and we'll deal with that when we get into the text. Spiritual warfare was very real in that day, and it's very real for us today, but God gives the believer the spiritual resources to stand firm against Satan's attack. We find that in chapter 6. A believer must be completely dependent upon Jesus Christ to apply the strength to resist and to stand firm. And so we have, again, getting back to the spiritual resources, and we find these in chapter 6. Again, those are the big views of the two sections. But I think it's important to point out some of the themes that we find 
in the book that kind of flow through all the chapters. Unity in Jesus Christ is one of those. Uh, though we find the word unity used only two times in Ephesians, the principle of unity is a primary theme throughout the letter. Paul uses the word one at least 14 times. He uses the phrases in Christ or in the Lord at least 38 times. Uh, the terms with or together with are used 14 times. Paul is teaching that the believer's life in Christ is focused upon Christ as the true head with all believers as one body under him. And so we are together. We are one. We are part of the same group. And Paul is emphasizing that, this unity in Christ. Praise to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Several times Paul begins, talks about this. The letter begins with one long sentence that expresses praise to God, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit for what God has done for us in Christ. Paul is calling believers to give praise and glory to God for the great things he has done and for all that they've received, these great spiritual blessings. So once we understand all that God has done for us, our hearts should be full of praise and worship of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, and of God the Father and of the Holy Spirit. Another theme would be blessings in Christ. We mentioned this earlier, but Paul explains that believers have great blessings in Christ, and some of these include our adoption as children, that's in 1.5, our redemption, 1.7, forgiveness is also in 1.7, our inheritance, we have an inheritance, uh, 1.14, the seal of the Holy Spirit, 1.13, wisdom, 1.17, resurrection power, we find in 19 and 20, our salvation, chapter 2, verses 4 through 9, and our citizenship in heaven, chapter 2, verse 19. These are all great blessings that we have already received in Christ. They're gifts from God to the believer through Christ and the Holy Spirit. So the believer is truly spiritually blessed by God and has all the resources he needs for life and faithfulness to God. And I think that this book helps us understand that, that the life we live is a spiritual life. It's life lived in the power of the Spirit. Life in Christ is another theme. The believer is secure in Jesus Christ, has been called to live a life committed to the Lord. This life is referred to oftentimes as a walk. And here's some of the examples. The believer is called to walk not after the world, to walk in good works, to walk worthy of their calling, to walk not as the Gentiles, to walk in love, to walk in light, and to walk in wisdom. So this walk is an implication of one step after another, just continually living in the way God has called us to live. And so it implies there's this continual action of the way we live our life. In addition, Paul emphasizes the spiritual protection that believers have through Christ, which we mentioned earlier, because we do have spiritual attacks from the evil one. Everyone experiences those because there is an, we have an enemy, and Satan and his demons come against us. And so Paul has, gives us these spiritual resources by comparing them to an, the armor of a soldier, of a Roman soldier in that day. The last thing we might mention here would be the church or the body of Christ. We've made reference to this, but this is a theme. The understanding of the church uh, and its nature was a progressive truth. The earliest believers were mostly Jews, 
And initially they assumed that this new thing that was happening to them was for Jewish people alone. Uh, originally the new covenant was given to the Jews. But the acceptance of Gentiles into the church and part of the new covenant was not immediate by many of the apostles. Paul clearly taught that Jesus has broken down all the divisions among Jews and Gentiles as combined all believers into one body. Now again, it took a while for the church to recognize this, that the Gentiles were included in the same promises and spiritual blessings that the Jews were receiving. The church is a spiritual body that functions well when all the people are serving and using their gifts to build up one another. Just like our physical body, when everything is functioning the way it was originally created, our body functions well. But when one part suffers, the body suffers. And Paul makes this reference to the body of Christ. So he's using a body as an analogy for what this spiritual entity is of being in Christ. Though there are spiritual leaders gifted to teach and train believers, every person is needed in order for the church to build itself up in love. So the church, the body of Christ, all people coming together in one group is a major theme throughout the book. These are major themes and major thoughts about the book. We'll see these as we go through more in detail. But I'd like to share with you some lessons I think that we learn from the book of Ephesians. First of all, God's salvation is complete and provided free of charge to the believer, to those who believe in Christ. Number two, believers are secure in Jesus Christ and have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Uh, we can't lose this salvation because God is the one who saved it saved us and sealed us. Number three, God has supplied all that we need to live a productive Christian life. He's already given us the resources, the Holy Spirit and the things we need. Um, we just need to learn to apply these things. We need to learn to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. Believers are called to maintain unity that already exists through the Holy Spirit. We'll see that when we get there. We don't create unity. Unity already exists. We are called to maintain the unity that exists in the Spirit. Believers have no reason to fear Satan as long as they depend upon God and his resources. Satan is powerful. He's a, he's a strong enemy, but we do not need to fear him because in Christ we can stand firm. So, so maybe some more specific things for application today. We might say, make thanksgiving and worship a part of your everyday life. When we, we need to be reminded for what Christ has done for us, what God has done for us. And when we see that, we our hearts should break out in praise. And if you're not thanking and praising God out of just an overflow, then you need to begin to do that. And just focus on all that God has done for you. Never doubt your salvation because it is provided completely by Jesus Christ. You might sin, and you might do some things that are wrong, but if you are saved by Christ, you will be kept by Christ. Do everything you can to work for unity with other believers. This is hard. Uh, we're all so different. Uh, we get on each other's nerves. Sometimes we do, don't even like each other. 
but it's our job through the power of the Spirit to pursue unity with other believers. So to do that, make sure you're using your gifts to build up other believers. That's why you have a gift. Use it to build up other believers. And lastly, through the power of the Holy Spirit, stand firm in Jesus Christ. Well, thank you for listening to this overview. I hope this kind of gives you a good foundation for moving into the study of the book of Ephesians. Again, we, we hit just the big high points. And as we go through the book, again, we won't cover every single verse, but we'll get in a little bit more detail in our next episode. So again, we pray that God will continue to bless you as you continue to read and study his word.